wait another good so a thought came to me and I wanted to open with that and, and share it's written that even if a person did not uh, do tshuva all his life like he was sinning and whatever all his life HaKadosh Baruch Hu is waiting for him the maker of the world is waiting for him for the last moment of his life for that he might do tshuva maybe he will do tshuva so HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is patient and waiting for him maybe he will do tshuva okay nice and then if he did tshuva, even in the last moment of his life, like 100 years of violating all codes, all like 800 times all the Torah he violated. In the end of his life, the last moment of his life, he's thinking to himself, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I should do tshuva. And he's doing tshuva. So by doing that tshuva, it is... Like that tshuva is powerful enough to make him from rasha gamur, complete evil, complete wrong, to tzadik gamur, complete righteous man. How can it be? A person that like standing from the side and will say like, look at me. I'm working every day of my life to better my ways, to become a better person. I'm working so hard getting so many like insults, so many difficulties, so many uh, challenges, and I'm facing them with faith, and I'm trying so hard, and I, I'm barely enjoying life. I'm doing everything by the book, doing everything, whatever, like feels the, the frustration of putting so much effort into that direction of Chufa. And in the end, the other guy celebrated all his life, and when one moment won the biggest prize of them all, became a tzadigamur, and that's it, Garden of Eden. How can that be? So, first of all, it cannot be. It cannot be. But if it is written, so it must have a certain existence, or else it wouldn't be written, wouldn't be said. So, we're going to explain something that I spoke about a few times, I wish I could say many times, but I, uh, even though my wife is always telling me that they speak way too much, I feel always that I haven't even started. So, even though that I spoke about it a few times, and I want to say many times, the truth is that I feel that I haven't started even talking about that very important matter, very important matter. So we're going to talk a little bit about infinity and going to try to understand a little bit about the way, about Hashem's perspective on the world and about our mistake out of our point of view that is very limited on this world and on Hashem's creation. So, first of all, we're going to explain that the world is divided in out like our mind is limited the world as Hashem created it is not limited at all because Hashem is eternal is endless and when he is touching something that thing has an eternal existence it will stay as it is for good forever Hashem is eternal so he can make eternal things that's what he's doing even an orange that you're going to say, no, it's coming only in the summer. You, you ate it and that's it and it's gone. For Hashem, that orange is standing forever. In our mind that is limited under that super constricted, maybe the, the most constricted limitation of time, we are experiencing things under that filter of time. So everything is breaking for us to moments. And you have billions of moments. Like any person experiencing millions on millions of moments in his lifetime. 
And how much is the time of a moment? The Gemara is saying as a blink of an eye, as the time that it takes to say moment in Hebrew, rega, that's it, rega, finish, that's it, blink of an eye, a moment, it's less than a second. It's a moment and that's it, it's gone. Now it's another moment, another moment, another moment. We have that, like those old animation movies that pictures are switching one after the other. That's the way we see the world. Our eye is catching things in that way. It's divided and we see them in sections. So for us, we are the only real true time travelers because we are traveling in time. We're moving from this moment to the next. And when we're here, we cannot go back. We can travel forward, always in the present time. Our awareness is never in the future, is never in the past. It's always in the now, but it's always moving from one picture to the next, from one moment to the next, moving, 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 moving. That's how we live our lives, divided to moments. But the truth is, that none of those moments are really exist in its momentarily aspect. Just that we are experiencing that eternal frame for a moment. But that picture that Hashem illustrated, that Hashem created that world of that moment, me standing like that, and then me standing like that is a different creation. Even if it's one inch away, even if it's less, it's one millimeter away, if it's like tiny breath of a hair, a moment away, it's a new creation. The sky moved in all the, 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 the views above all the seas and all the ponds and all the lakes, like the view, the horizon has been changed. The colors of the sunset, of the sunrise, they have been changed in all the galaxy, like everything has been changed. It's a new creation. And from any angle that you're gonna look at it, it's a new perspective. It's a different picture. And also it's a different world. Think how deep Hashem is, for an example, from the point of view of you, of yours, of a person, you see the world and you are the central point of the creation. From your point, you, the world is surrounding you. It's not because of your ego. It's not because that you're self-centered. It's because that even from the point of view of an alligator or a porcupine or a squirrel or a bird that flies in the sky or any fly that flies, he is the center of the universe. That's how Hashem made him. He's flying and everything is just around him the smells, the, 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 the sights, the energy, all what he sees. And we, by the way, barely see. There are so many dimensions that are hidden from our awareness because our eye and our mind is so limited. We cannot see the world. We cannot see the depths of the creation. We see less than 1% of what that really goes on in creation. What that moves around you, like the, the, the sound waves. You don't see the sound waves. But when Am Israel were standing in front of Mount Sinai and they received the Torah, they saw the voices. Hashem opened their mind and their awareness to a higher range of capacity. So they were also able to see voices. They saw the voices. The sky were open, and we also visions of God. We saw God. We saw aspects of godliness that today we cannot see. What that the smallest maid that was crossing the Red Sea in the time of the opening of the Red Sea saw in that walk in the dry land in between the walls of water, all those sites of the smallest made <laughs> of the tiniest helper that just came to help, that wanted to assist, that she just came to be. She's a good person wanting to do good. Her, not a prophet, not a scholar, not a sage, nothing, just a, a woman helper made came to help. What can I do for you? That's her mindset. That woman saw sights 
that were higher than the sites that Yechezkel ben Buzi saw. Yechezkel ben Buzi is the second in level of prophecy after Moshe Rabbeinu. The prophet that achieved the second highest level after Moshe, Yechezkel ben Buzi. A woman made that crossed the sea saw more than Yechezkel ben Buzi achieved. To understand the greatness of the maker, his compassion, his mercy, his kindness, how much he is able to give and wanting to give in the right time. So for us, we're not experiencing almost nothing out of those great sights of those visions, but it's all here. We cannot see that because we are under the limitations of our body and the constrictions of time and place, of reality, of the way Hashem made us. He sent us into a certain tube, into a certain system, and we are working within it crossing from one moment to the next, from one that moment to the next, from that moment to the next, but there are no moments in the reality of the creation because just in our creation, there is an aspect of time. We are experiencing before, now, and after, but in reality, there is an eternal creation. And maybe even if I will explain it one million times, Still, still, we won't be able to understand it because we're trying to break the borders by using the power of our imagination because the power of our realistic sight cannot grasp it because we're limited to deny that. We are being held away from that. We are not able to access that until Hashem will open our eyes. But that is a thing that might happen or will happen. But as for now, we can only talk about it. We can hope for it. We can imagine. We can say as if we understand some of it. We can picture it to ourselves or and on and on and on. We can cross the fence a little bit, but we're not really crossing the distance to the other side. We're not able to go to that realm of of infinity, of endless, of, of ensof, Baruch We're not there. We're still limited. So, because that Hashem made the world, and the world is eternal, and it never ends, and it never stops, just that we are experiencing the moments in our locations, and not more than that, we can hear rumors from a different location. We can see in the news pictures that will be sent to us from different locations. But in reality, we're limited into a place and under time. So we're closed. And in that limitation, we are unable to see the infinity itself. But from the side of reality, infinity is taking place in any moment and moment with no separation between the moments. So for an example, this moment, I'm standing right now here and I'm talking to Hashem. Please Hashem, help me. Please Hashem, I need your help. That call to Hashem is eternal. The voice of my request, please Hashem, help me, will, will be heard in the ears of Hashem for good. That cry, that request, that begging, that, that asking will always stand in front of Hashem. Dror Moshe, my son, my child, he called me. That's it. It's, it will always going to stand there in that situation. And on that, the Zohar Kadosh is saying, tava avid. There is no good will that goes lost. Even a good will, you wanted to call. You weren't able to speak. You were not. A, you you saw a poor person. You were driving the bus. You couldn't go off the, the bus to give him charity, but you wanted. You felt compassion. That moment of compassion of yours is rising to the heights, and it's standing there forever, and it will never be gone. And he combines the thought to an action. Means that if you're a good person with good intentions, when Hashem sees that you have a good will, he makes that will to stand as if you finished and completed that action. So for him, it's a complete mitzvah. Even if you just want it, because Hashem sees your heart. And if you really wanted it, the limitation of time and place that are limiting you 
who held you back. But the truth was that you would go off the bus, give the charity, go back on the bus and go back, go, go back on your track. If you were able to give, you would give. If that is your real thought, that if you were, were able to give, you would give, it is considered as if you gave. How can those things happen? How can it be that a person that did tshuva only in the last moment of his life will be considered as a sadiq gamu, a complete righteous man? So the answer is simple. After that long but short introduction, now the answer is simple. Because a moment of your life, when you're succeeding in it, when you're attaching yourself to the maker of the world with no connection to all the rest of the moments, this is an eternal moment. And that eternal moment will stand there forever and you will gain eternal life in the world to come based on that moment. And even if it's only one moment, the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh said, it's worthy for the person to come down to this world. And even if he will sin and like do whatever he will do all his lifetime, and he never kept even one mitzvah in all his lifetime, but once he made a physical favor to a person, not even a spiritual one, not even supported someone emotion, not he was totally self-centered, he was disconnected from all, he was only for himself all his life. But one time, when he entered the bank, he held the door for another person to also enter to the bank. He didn't, like, basically, he didn't do anything good in his lifetime, except for that one time that he physically held the door for a person. He moved the bag for someone to cross the road and not fall. One time he did something good physically to someone else, not spiritually. It will be profitable, worthy for him to pay for all his crimes, to be punished in, in, in hell, to go whatever he will go through for the correction of all his sins, for all his mistakes. For him to be able to be paid, to be rewarded for that good physical act, benefit that he gave to another person, even once in his lifetime. Why? Because that will be an eternal existence for you in heaven. So that moment in heaven will allow you to access a position of gaining eternal goodness forever. Now, I will tell you now, I'm giving you $1 bill that will grow forever. Now I'm telling you, I'm going to give you $100 bill that will grow forever. Is there a difference? Who cares if I'm going to get $1 bill that will grow forever or I'm going to get $100 bill that will grow forever? Who cares? That $100 in 100 days will get to 100 and I'm there. So I'm going to be happy with a penny. Give me a penny. I'm good. If I can enjoy a penny that will grow and prosper forever, I'm good. Who can? No, I, no, I want billions. Why are you collecting? So that's a horrible question to ask because the Torah is commanding us to collect mitzvot. And every day you need to do as many mitzvot as you can. But why should I? That's the question of that guy that is asking. The master of the universe. I worked for you day and night, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know how many Israeli people cannot say the days of the week in English? You don't know. So... I worked for you day and night, sacrificed all my weekends, sacrificed all my mornings. I did so much. And that guy, one moment on his deathbed, after like destroying the world with his lust and desires, ran because of his fears and demolished the world with his craziness. Now he regrets. Yeah, I appreciate it. He's honestly re re regret. It's not like I'm saying, no, don't accept him. But how can he be considered in your eyes as a tzadigamu, complete righteous man.
and me that I worked all my life. Like, I wish I'm also standing in that position. The answer is that any one of those moments is eternal. And your ability to be rewarded in the future to come is not from the perspective that you see things today. The problem of that guy that is wondering, how can it be that he will gain so much after one moment of tshuva, and me, I'm also going to gain that. That's the maximum, to be tzadigamu. He will be tzadigamu for one moment. Me, I'm, let's say I'm going to be tzadigamu for 70 years of work. How can that be? How come? It's not fair. So the answer is, that you can become tzadigamu in any moment of your life that you did tshuva. Tzadigamu is not a title for a lifetime. You can be tzadigamu today and to fall from that level tomorrow. You can be a horrible person today and tomorrow to become a tzadigamu. And you can have ups and downs in the same days that you're going to have 10 or 20 or 50 or 70 moments of righteousness during the day and in the same day you're going to have horrible downs as villains has so the real understanding is based on taking ourselves out of the box of the limitation of this creation and understanding that the reward of the future to come and that is also why the reward cannot be paid in this world. This is why the Gemara is saying that mitzvot leka. there is no reward for mitzvot in this world because all this world is limited. Even if it's gigantic, like, man, can you understand the, the, the size of this world? Like you wish to have a house on the beach, seeing the view and the sunrise and sunsets and to have trees, like how many trees? 1,000 trees you want? Okay, great. How many acres you want to have? Like one, 100 acres, 1,000 acres? Like, okay, you're going to get, it's nothing. Do you know how many shores, how many beaches there are? How many lakes? How many springs? How many waterfalls? How many amazing views? How many cliffs, how many valleys, mountains, hills, how many surfaces, amazing places that like with covered with snow and covered with grass and covered with different grass and different sand and blue and orange and white and red and yellow and and and, and turkeys. It, it's a, it, it never, only in this world, it's almost never end. It means we're not able to count. But the truth is that there is a measure. In this world, yes, there is an amount. Yeah, you cannot count the number of grains of sand in the sea, but the maker, he knows there is a number. Trillions, yeah, but Hashem has the number because there are certain amount of drops of water that Hashem entered into this empty space of the world, and now those water are the lower water. It's an amount. You can put them into buckets, trillions of buckets. Yeah, but Hashem, he knows the amount. Hashem, he knows exactly the journey of one drop that fell on the first grass in days of Bereshit and traveled 6,000 years until today. It's traveling in the steam, in the clouds, into the water, into the rivers, into the springs, and it's divided. It's, it, it has been in millions of cups of water, millions of people drank and enjoyed it until now in all kinds of uses because it's been spread and spread. Hashem knows how to collect it. Hashem knows how to pull it back in time. Time is our limitation, but Hashem, He sees the trails. Hashem, He knows the way. Hashem sees every particle, every atom, every cell journey in creation from day first, from when before time, when that cell was in the vision of Hashem, when Hashem wanted to create. And then when he created, he put his light into that constricted filter that made it to be a cell. Hashem knows the root of that cell from Yemekedem from day, the earliest days of them all. Hashem knows the spot from under Kisa Kavod, from under the throne of honor. So for Hashem, it's all open. The knowledge is clear. Now, 
in the time of redemption, when wisdom will cover the world like water covers the sea, everyone will see everything flat like the horizon, everyone will see the truth, and the limitations will vanish and be gone, and our eyes will be open, and the resurrection of the dead will take place, and all the souls of the children of Israel, and all the supportive souls of the children of the world will come and gather in the temple of Hashem, the souls that will gather will be the souls of all generations. Adam and Eve will stand there with their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, and their great-grandchildren, great-grandchildren will come as well. And we will come with our children, as well. like all the souls will come. But we will all be in body, and we will all enter the temple of Hashem. Where are the places from? Where are we going to have the place to put everyone in? Our minds will not be limited. We will just all enter into the house of Hashem. The house of Hashem will not grow. The house of Hashem does not have a physical place that is limiting it to a certain place. The house of Hashem is beyond the place, is beyond the time. The day of redemption is Yom Aroch, Yom Shekulo Aroch. It's a long day. It's an eternal day. Kitov Yom Bechatzarecha Me'alef. It's one day in, in your court in your place, Hashem, is longer than 1,000. And the word 1,000 means eternal, means forever. Elef is Elef alfe alafim. 1,000, it's 1,000 times 1,000, 1,000. There is no end. When you say 1,000, you mean thousands in Hebrew. It means eternity. It means you enter into a place of freedom of complete ability for non-limited capacity of knowledge. So all the souls will gather. Now, if you collected 20 moments of goodness, of righteousness, of holiness in your life, you will come from every one of those moments to Redemption Day. And I'm going to explain to you why. And I'm I'm charging $1,000 million for that piece of information. So if you're not willing to pay, I'm asking to go out of the Zoom and to go off the live Facebook and YouTube. If you're not willing to pay for this piece of information, I'm asking you to go. I'm not charging it now. In the future, when you'll have it, I'm asking. Okay, now I'm going to explain. The redemption that we explained will come in a way that is beyond time, like we said, in a way that is beyond place. Let's say that there is a Holocaust survivor, and now he's 90 years old, and he's like all old, and he doesn't even like barely remember what that happened. But when they took his mother from him when he was seven or 10 years old, that moment needs correction. He's now 90, sitting in his house alone, eating soup, waiting for, for the next day to come. But like that moment is still waiting for salvation when she was taken away from him, when he was fighting for his sister and she was taken away from him. Like those moments needs correction. Who will correct it? Let's say that now the Redeemer will come and Hashem will come with on, on, the, on, the, on the wings of eagles and riding the storm with his weapons up and those flaming horses on, on fire with fire wings and thunders and lightnings through their eyes and nostrils full of smoke and chewing coals of heat like we explained and read from the Midrashim and the God of revenge, El Nekamot Adonai, El Nekamot Afiyah, will come to destroy evil forever. Okay, now, he killed the grandchildren of those Nazis that took that sister from that child. Does it pay for the loss? Does it help me somehow? I'm 90 years old eating my soup with no teeth today, 
How can you pay me for the 70 years of loss, for the 70 years of nights with no sleep? I had a friend that passed away that he was a Vietnam soldier. He didn't have one night without nightmares in his life. He, he, since the moment he came back home, he didn't slept one night without nightmares. Holocaust survivors, the same. They cannot. They don't. They don't go to sleep. They like. They gave up on sleep. <laughs> They're occupying themselves into the night. Who can sleep? You cannot close your eyes. You close your eyes. You go back to hell to the massacre. You don't sleep. How do you? Oh, we want to inform you. We killed those damn Nazis. It doesn't help me. It doesn't bring my. I want my mother back, but. Okay, now he's 93 years old, and you're going to bring his mother in the resurrection of the dead. Okay, let's say an amazing thing, right? A beautiful picture. 90 years old man meeting his 27 years old mother from the holiday. Amazing reunion. A beautiful moment. Does it pay? It's not paying. But like I missed my mother for 70 years. I missed my mother for all my life journey. So like... It doesn't pay. What's the answer? I, 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 on that information I'm charging, that is the moment, okay? So the maker will bring the redemption to each and every moment. Means that that child in any moment of his life, that in that moment he was worthy for redemption, he will experience redemption. The redemption not will not only take place in 2023 or in 2024, in May 7th or in July 19th. No, the redemption, when it will take place in that date where the redemption will begin, it will hit waves to all the moments that ever existed. So if you... <coughs> lived one million moments and you were worthy to be redeemed in half of them so you're gonna have half a million of lifetimes to experience the redemption that guy that became tzadigamul will enjoy the redemption and eternal life in the world to come in that moment that he became a complete sadiq on his deathbed, it will be a redemption. He will be super thankful. You will never have to explain to him how good it is. He will be only thankful. But also you cannot compare it to someone that will experience that moment of true redemption Resurrection of the dead, walking to the temple, seeing the face of Hashem with all public of Israel in million different times, enjoying the same feeling in million moments. Redemption will take place and will heal. Tikkun kola olamot, the correction of all the worlds, plural, not correction of the world. Correction of all the worlds that Hashem ever created from the moment the world was formed into physicality. There are going to be billions of redemptions taking place in the same time and the person will have access in his mind to all the ones that he is chained to, that he's attached to somehow. Let's say that you now share the video. And that video spread to 20 people, to 200 people. Those 200 people now gained a moment of epiphany, of enlightenment, of, of connection to the maker. They will enjoy and ask the redemption in that. The redemption for that moment of pushing the share button on your screen, you will also enjoy the outcomes, the chains that are chaining out of that act of yours, and you will enjoy seeing 
the redemption of your friend. Your friend that has just been redeemed by you will want to share the world to come with you. He will be so thankful to you that you allowed him to push the play button and enjoy the video that brought him to eternal life. He will be so grateful to you to tell you, thank you. Look what you gave me. I'm so thankful to you. He will share that moment with you. That's how you're going to enjoy the world to come with millions of people from different time zones, from different generations. Because let's say now that that person been illuminated by you and he will keep on following that teacher that you sent him the first link. And now he will keep on sharing those videos as well. And in five years from now, he's going to share it with some person, going to WhatsApp that message to him. And that person will wake up and start hitting waves in his realm, in his area. And you are not aware to that yet. But Hashem, he knows how to collect the drop of water from the water of Bereshit because he sees the trails and Hashem sees the trails of your good actions. If you sat on a bench with one person when you were 14 years old and he was half drunk and you were half stoned and you told him, don't worry, my brother, things going to get better. I'm sure that it's going to be all right. And there's a trail to that sentence into his heart. And somehow he got back up, back on his feet. Hashem will bring all those moments back to you. The forgetfulness is not a curse. It's a blessing. It allows us to keep on pushing and doing good. Because if you would just see the reward that you deserve, you would stop. You would be so satisfied from what you already accomplished that you're going to be so stoned and illuminated that you won't be able to function. You're going to be just full of grateful. You're just going to scream, toda, toda, toda. Thank you, thank you. I don't want anything. Like, that your lips won't be able to say enough, enough. Like, I, I can't, it's too much. A person cannot see me, Hashem is saying, and to stay alive today. But in the future to come, we will be able to see all that greatness because we will be taken out of the limitation of time and place. So I'm going to give you my PayPal address. It's the most comfortable for me to get the payment through the PayPal. Hilary, take care of that point for me. Guys, how lucky we are to be sent to this world. How lucky we are. How lucky we are to be sent down to earth, to this world, exactly as we are. So bent, like, oh man, so crazy, so suffering, so torn, so uh, twisted, so burned, so scratched, so damaged, so terrified, so like after trauma, after shock, after being electrified in million aspects of our being, how lucky we are to be here now. Thank you, Hashem. Because every moment is eternal and is an access to infinity. That is the light tunnel. The light tunnel are those trails. You can visualize, you can see those light tunnels in any cell with a microscope, you can see that is the light tunnel. There are light tunnels in and out of creation. Go up to the sky. It's a light tunnel. Go deep into the physical side of, 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 of the material. Light tunnels. It's infinity. There's no end. Just that you are experiencing it in a limited way. So your range of vision is a bubble is the cosmos, is what that you can see in the room, the walls, the book, the letters, your, what that your memory allows you to process with. Those are the limitations. It's not the reality. The reality is infinity and beyond. That is the true reality. Okay? And all the rest is a toy story. That was the class for tonight. And if someone has questions, I'll be very happy to answer.
good. Good students, very good students. Quiet and humble. I have a question, Rav. We love you, Donna Waters. You're going to water us in the world to come. Please. I'm close to it. Is um is uh is BB Prime Minister BB doing okay? Oh, he's the best. Um, uh, what can I say? It's very hard to stand in any position. And people are chasing him definitely um, for unjustified reasons. And he's trying to do tons of good in our days. And to all those hypocrites that don't know what they're talking about or lying while saying what they want to say, I say, please go visit all those um, Arab villages and try to survive two German tourists uh, tried to drive in the streets of Shechem yesterday. They were almost killed. For what? For looking as Israelis. They were almost killed. For what? For driving on a road. So yeah, Bibi Netanyahu is doing a lot of good. They're trying. This government is trying to do a lot of good. There are many things that are hidden from our eyes. And we as civilians, we don't really know what's going on. There is a great war. Um, that goes on in the political um, um, realm of our creation um, with the courthouses and all those uh, rules that, um, that uh, the new government is trying to establish. I believe that it is the right way and I do hope that they will be able to complete it on the right way according to the law of this wonderful and democratic and super tolerant and and um, and and kind um, state, and even though that we have many lackings, um, it seems like that is the right way. And um, I would also say that I think that this um, there are few, definitely there are few very important members of this new government um, that I truly appreciate as people. And we can see that they're fighting and battling for social justice and trying to do a lot of good. And in a world that is full of lies and um, hidden agendas, people are like okay with killing millions of people for their own selfish causes, building themselves uh, underground um, bunkers and not caring about destroying the world. So in a world that is so close to calamity and destruction, to have people that are still fighting for social justice and really wanting to, to bring um, kindness and justice and good to the world and to the streets, it's a very honorable thing. So this is my answer. He is facing great battles, but we're talking about a great man and that did and is doing a lot of good things. He's, I'm not idolizing him as any other person in the world. I'm sure that he has millions of things to correct. But in general, I believe that he's the right one in the right position. And I wish him luck. Amen. Thank you. Donna. Affirmative. <laughs> yes, Elihu. We'll be happy to hear you. Um, so I was listening to what you said, and it occurred to me, brings to mind the pasuk, the verse, tachat ayin, tachat ayin, I mean, ayin tachat ayin, an eye for an eye. And I... <clears throat> So I wonder about if that, you know, that, that, that verse is often dismissed as being so harsh. <clears throat> and I wonder if one, one understanding of the, of the verse might be with regard to tshuva, that when there is a tshuva that's, that somebody does, uh, repentance, that then there's like it causes another 
tshuva, another repentance called, to be done? It's called tshuvata mishkal. You know what's tshuvata mishkal? Tshuvata mishkal is tshuva, atonement, that is measured in weight. Means that it's equal to the violation. And the tshuva should be tshuvata mishkal. If a person took 100, he needs to pay 100. He needs to regret 100. The regret of 100 will atone the lacking of 100 that he caused. So if let's say a person did not put tefillin for 20 years of his life, so now he has hundreds or thousands of days that he's lacking of mitzvah tefillin. So if he will now start putting tefillin, it does not cover because in any case, he is obligated to put tefillin. He's still standing with that debt of, debt of 220 years of, of tefillin lacking. What should a person do? But if you're going to wake up another person to put tefillin, so now in his next 20 years, he will help you to cover for the 20 years that you lost. And if you're going to teach him how to put tefillin, Please be aware to the fact that his children most probably will put tefillin too. When they will start putting tefillin, this is a reward. This is not a pay. It's not payment for your debt anymore. It's not covering your debt. This is the reward for your mitzvah. And those are mitzvah that are never ending. Because you can never know how many people he will affect during his lifetime to start putting tefillin. And even if you strengthen only one. The reward can be enormous. The atonement is one-on-one, on one, one on one, but you can still gain a reward for the distribution, for the extension of the light into new destinies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. And so I'm thinking- The word ayin, I just want to say the word ayin, that is an I in Hebrew, ayin is also a spring. Like Ma'ayan. Exactly. So El Ha'ayin, it's to the Ma'ayan. It's to the spring. So like the Ayin, it's also a spring. Like that is the spring of the soul. The soul is being seen from that spring that is circled and round and has a source of, 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 of a root of, of growth from within, from inside of, of bubbling water, the water of the soul. So the, the, the ayin, tachat ayin is, let's say that the person sealed a, a, a pond, he sealed the spring, he put dark on it, he put mud on it, he put a boulder, a stone, a sin, something heavy on it. Okay, now he needs to open a spring. When you open a spring, it's atoning for the spring that you sealed. Like Yaakov Avinu? Remove the stone from the well. Thank you so much. Okay. So do we have further questions? David, do you want to go ahead? Can you unmute yourself? Shalom. Uh, so I have a quick question. I was on my way from Queens to Manhattan. Uh, and not today, um, recently. And there was a man with a black suit, black hat. I said shalom to him. He said shalom to me. We sat next. We sat close by to each other. And he handed me a book, a Rabbi Nachman book. And he said, take it. Uh, I was on my way to a work thing, but I took it. And it was bookmarked on a specific uh, lesson about, and one of the lines in on that page spoke about not having compassion on those who do wicked things and not like not praying for the wicked and not having compassion for the wicked. Uh, I've heard like conflicting lessons about that. 
and there have been people in my life that I've prayed for, even if they've done certain things. And I guess my question is like, what's the line? Because it was written very severely that it's even hated by God in that line, that if you give compassion to the wicked, but then I've heard in other places that you should do your best to give compassion if like, if you see that that's the right thing to do. So I guess like, what's the line? The line is simple and it is again, taking us to the, um, taking us to this simple explanation about time. You need to understand that that advice for you or to judge favorably and to help the person to come out of his wickedness and to become good or to not help him and even to let him stay down and, and not to assist him in any way is depends in the moment. It depends in the situation itself, in the present time. In that present, it's not like, oh, that person, he's wicked. We're not helping him ever again. No. Hashem is looking at the person where he is at right now. And he's judging the person according to his mindset in that moment and you supposed to do it as well if you see and you stand in a situation that there is a villain and that villain now is causing damage if you're going to start talking to his heart and try to help him and to see his goodness while you're dreaming in your fantasy he will keep on destroying the world and he can hurt innocent people so that position that you're standing in front of a villain must wake you up to cut him out of his action. And if he's coming to kill you, you should kill him first, even to death, even to kill. It's so severe that you must prevent evil and tyranny from rolling as, as, a, as a rolling uh, 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 snowball because it can crash. You must prevent it now. But if you see that there is a person that is being held in his wickedness and he is evil, his mindset is totally off, he's not clear at all, but he's poor and he needs help. And now in this moment, he is not destroying something. He's just stupid. He's just lack of knowledge. It's time to have compassion on him and to try to help him out of his condition but not in the price of helping him to hurt others. That is the line. While he's not damaging, you can help him as much as you can. But if you see that he starts to consume you as a storm, as a hurricane, taking you and other surroundings into his fire, then it's the time to break it, to explode it, to finish it. No matter what will be the consequences, how much he will lose. It's better that he's going to lose even his life than to allow him to take other lives with him. It's better for him to stop now than to continue. How will he pay for taking other people's life? Thank you. A Baal Tshuva is not Baal Tshuvot. A Baal Tshuva, a person who atoned completely, he is a Baal Tshuva. He has an answer. He doesn't have answers. The fact that I'm answering answers to questions does not mean that I am Baal Chuvot, that I have answers. It's one answer. The answer is the truth. When you're aiming yourself to the truth enough, the truth is shining in any situation. It's just that's the truth. But for that, you need to prepare yourself to that. You need to be a person of truth. When you are a person of truth, the truth is shining to you from all sides. Thank you, David. Yes, Emuna will be happy to hear you. Please unmute yourself. That will be the last question for tonight. I was out with a group of people for um, my birthday, like coworkers and such, a mixed group of cultures and religious beliefs. And this gentleman said to me, you need to go back to the Holocaust. And I'm like, do you know what that even is? He didn't say anything. And then every time I would say like something in Hebrew, but I would explain the word, what it meant. He was like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. So I left the party early. 
but I want to try to connect with this person and explain to them why they hurt my feelings. Um, I hope that there is still hope. Okay, let's uh, let's put yeah. it that way. I hope that there is hope for him. But in any case, I must tell you, if I may, that it brings an evident only to one thing, that you're shining in great light. Because those damn Nazis, they were killing everyone that was reminding Judaism, like the light of sweetness and goodness that was glowing even from people who were third generation to a Jewish family, even by while not being Jewish anymore by the halacha, still were taken on the same wagons with the Jewish people. Why? Because their souls were still flaming in a great light. It was the work of the angel of death, the Holocaust. The Holocaust was, was an act of, of, of darkness. It was not an act of men. It was an act of, of, of the source of wickedness and evil that, that is spiritual. Like it was death itself walked in the camps, walked in the ghettos. And it was killing and destroying every root of goodness. If there were Jews, it would take them. If there were, were souls of, of, of Israeli souls, like souls of the tribes of Israel, it would take them. It would take and take and take and take and take any good soul, any spark of, of, of purity, it was consuming. So you should be so thankful and happy that you're so lucky that your Judaism is shining in such great light that, uh, that blind and people that are so uh, like, so affected by the, the, impurity and contamination of the world um, are affected in horrible ways. So people like that sees you as their enemy. So you're one of us and you're super lucky and you should be only thankful and grateful for being on the side of light and reflecting such sweet goodness out to the world. And with that, you should go. And if he will be so lucky, I hope for him, but you should definitely keep on shining your beautiful light and be happy with who you are and let your soul keep shining. And if we haven't said congratulations, that's the main thing that we should bless you for your birthday. And may you enjoy many, many years to come of happiness and spiritual growth and emotional happiness and financial stability with all your loved ones, not to lack a thing and to be blessed and to shine your greatness and beauty and, and great shine of your good soul that we all know for all your surroundings in great circles and to the benefit and goodness of the whole wide world. Amen. Ken Yehiratzon. Thank you. And Hashem bless you, your family, Amen. all you do, Amen. and every soul you come into contact with and the Amuna Project. Amen. Amuna, give us a bracha too. May Hashem bless each of you, everything that you're going through. May he show you that he adores you, his love and his compassion and his mercy upon your heart. And may you get to see what you look like to Hashem and not what Amen. you look like in the mirror. And when you look like, when you look in the mirror every day, say, I am beautiful. I am amazing. And I can do this because I have Hashem. So I got this. Cause when people say, I got this, no, you have nothing. Hashem's got you, so you've got this. Amen, 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 amen. Words to be written on flyers and to be spread around in millions of copies. Amen. Thank you, Emuna. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Hillary. Thank you, everyone. Please see you again tomorrow, Bezat Hashem. One hour later, um, 5, 5, 5 p.m. Unmute yourself. Yes. Until daylight savings changes again, tomorrow at 6 New York time. Bezat Hashem and Bezat Hashem, we're going to see you on Wednesday again. This Tuesday, we're not broadcasting. Maybe we're going to do something, but we're not so sure yet. On Wednesday, we will. Please check all of our new content on our emuna, E-M-U-N-A-H.com website. We have an amazing course that I 
really dedicated a lot of time thinking and prayers and the team dedicated a lot of time editing and, and creating this wonderful, great content, that piece of art, piece of great work of ours, the new course. There is a great big discount for the Emuna Circle members um, and everyone are welcome to learn about it, Bodadut, the individual prayer, how to practice and perfect it and to gain the highest levels of connection to Hashem through prayer in that wonderful one-on-one -on -one course with me. And also um, to the ones who are signing now, they're gonna be um, as part of that um, free consultation with me and conversations for further guidings about that um, course and uh, for your success and for the success of the world. Thank you everyone and great greetings and blessing to everyone and hope to see you all tomorrow. Thank you so much. Good night. Bye. Thank you, everybody. See you.